V for several weeks to talk about heaven and hell. I've never spoken about that before. And um, so as I began to prepare for the topic, I started doing some research and I came across a blog called The Truth of Heaven and Hell. I'm not going to go through that blog, but it's got some very good points, and it's by Anne Cuddy Sullivan, and you can get it on titus345.com. At the very beginning, the sentence that I am going to use is this one, where the author said, I don't know that there's a more divisive topic out there than the topic of heaven and eternal life versus hell and eternal damnation. Aha, I thought, that's going to be controversial. And I like controversy. I don't know if I should or not, but I do. And um, recently, um, someone said to me that a believer that she knows doesn't believe in, in, in hell and won't even discuss the topic. And uh, so I thought, well, you know, there's a whole movement going through the world at the moment. It's called the Emergent Church Movement. And it's a teaching that's picked up a lot of liberal modernism, claptrap would be the best word to describe it, that doesn't believe or accept absolutes. They say nothing is truly black and white. Everything has to have a, is a shade of grey. And because they teach universalism, which means that everyone is going to go to heaven anyway, so therefore, hell probably isn't a real place. And that teaching is very strong throughout Christendom at the moment. So I decided, I'm not going to read what everyone else thinks. I want to know what the Bible has to say. What do their scriptures in their unadulterated form say about heaven and hell? So, of course, I googled Bible Gateway, put in heaven... And it said, and there were 692 results. Then I put in hell, and there were 35 results. So that tells, told me that I've got a lot of reading to do. But also, it was obvious, obvious that, that the ratio of 95% for heaven and 5% for hell means a lot on God's heart. That heaven means a lot on God's heart. A lot, lot more. That's where God's heart is, that heaven is a place for us to go to. It doesn't mean to say that hell doesn't exist. So let's have a little window, open the window of the scriptures and see what does heaven say. Genesis 1.1. The history of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens, plural, Interesting. The heavens and the earth. Genesis 21, 17. And God heard the voice of the lad. And then the angel of God called to Hagar out of, out of heaven. God spoke out of heaven to somebody wandering around in the desert. Now, does God just dwell up there in the clouds? And he speaks, really shouts loud so you can hear? I don't think so. I think heaven's like a portal just opens up and it's another dimension myself and uh, I don't think it's a, a zillion billion 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 zillion million miles away at all I think it could be just out there 
through a completely different dimension, but I do believe it's true. Deuteronomy 10.14 says, Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens, that tells us that there are levels of heaven, belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. In Isaiah 14.12-13, it talks about the fall of Lucifer, Satan. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You are weakened. You weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mound of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. You know, there's a lot about heaven we don't know. What are the farthest side of the north? There's a book called In the Beginning by Justine Orme. It's a fictional book, but it talks about what happened up there in the heavens before Lucifer fell. It's a very, very interesting book. Matthew 16, 19, Jesus himself said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So heaven has got keys. And whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Janet and I were down at um, Palmerston North a weekend or so ago and we were speaking at the, the River Church in Ashurst. And as we went along the line praying, the Lord's presence was there. It was just tre tremendous to, not, to know um, that his presence was there because we can't heal a flea. But you know, we were able to bind some demonic presences that were in some of the people. We bound them and we loosed the people from them. Because when we bind them, they're bound in heaven. When we loose the people, they're loosed in heaven. Matthew 24, 29, 31, the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus said, immediately after the tribulation of those days, that's the tribulation period which is coming up ahead of us, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens, so there's something called the powers of the heavens, will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. I wonder what the clouds of heaven is. Does anyone know? The clouds of heaven, could it be the cloud of witnesses? Those that are dead in Christ who are coming back with Christ. When we get caught up to be with him, the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the full wind from one end of heaven to the other. Sounds like heaven's a pretty wide place. Second Corinthians 12 too. This is Paul speaking, the greatest uh, missionary apostle that existed. It's Ephesians 6.12, sorry, 2 Corinthians 12.2, I know a man in Christ, he's talking about himself, who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Aha. Uh -huh. So there's more than one heaven. It's not just the clouds up there. There's three heavens. And Paul was caught up there and, and the Lord showed him many wonderful things. When he came back, 
Do you know that he knew, he knew everything there was about scripture? The Lord had just shown him things, some things that the Lord showed him, he felt that he could not even speak about. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So where does the demonic realm move? The heads of the demonic. We know that there are demons on earth because we cast them out of people. But where are their authorities? Well, I believe they're in what we would call a second heaven. Because God and his angels are in the third. Philippians 3.20 For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Revelation 4.2, John had had a vision and he said, Immediately I was in the Spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. So John also saw that there's a, that heaven is a very special place where God dwells. You know, in, in my research the, the other day, I came across a tract. You know, people hand out tracts in the street to win people to the Lord, and there's a, there's a tract called Heaven or Hell, which will you choose? Now, I thought that was such a good title, I claimed it for myself. And so I called it Heaven called this message, heaven or hell, which will you choose? So th there is a choice, is there? Well, we'll see. And you can purchase bulk copies of that particular tract from crossway.org. Now, I've no idea who wrote it, but it made some really good points, which I'm going to share some of them with you. One of them was that heaven, heaven is not a ghost-like foggy atmosphere where disembodied spirits float around, heaven, it is as, heaven is as real as this earth. Jesus told his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. In John 14, 1 to 3, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You, be, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians 15, 51-53, that our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. That is, our bodies as they are can't go into heaven. They'd probably just dissolve or something or other. Because it says, in the twinkling of an eye, when Christ comes, comes back, we who are still alive are caught up to be with him and our bodies are instantly um, transformed into an immortal body. Now, again, contrary to um, popular ideas at the moment, uh, heaven is not dull. The things that are killjoys on earth, selfishness, hatred, death, all of that will be gone. Heaven will not be a place where we sit around with nothing to do. 
play boring board games or something. The Bible suggests that heaven will be a place for dynamic, creative, and untiring activity, but without toil and fatigue. Let's look at Revelation 21, 3 to 4. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things of God are gone forever. You know, heaven will be a place of uh, intellectual stimulation. Ben, you'll enjoy it up there. You'll be able to ask all sorts of obscure questions and you'll get the answers. Why do I know that? Well... Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except for me. And the correct verse was 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now now knows me completely. So all of your questions will be answered, Ben. There's no doubt about that. So here's the question I'm asking you. Are you going to heaven? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. In John 5, 24, Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me, God who sent me, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. So praise God that for believers, believers in Jesus Christ, there is an eternal destiny with God. That's what the scriptures say about heaven. So what about hell? Well, Jesus and the New Testament writers use every image in their power to tell us that hell is a real, terrible, and something to be feared and avoided at all costs. Never forget that the talk about outer darkness and the lake of fire came from Jesus, who died to save us from going there. Uh, In his parable, in the last judgment, Jesus taught that some would go to eternal punishment, some to eternal life. That's in Matthew 25, 46. In other words, hell will be as real and as lasting as heaven. And the most frightening thing about hell is that it is spiritual separation from God. Moral remorse and the consciousness that one deserves what he is getting. Hell is total separation from the love, joy, and peace that comes from God. So here's another question. Are you going to hell? Well, Matthew 13, 41 to 42 says, The Son of Man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin, and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew seven twenty one to 20, 
21 to 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, but Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So folks, you could be a tongue-speaking, spirit-filled Christian with sin in your life that you are continuing to practice and what is Jesus going to say? It's not me saying it. It's Jesus. You know, at the end of the, um, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6.15, it says, But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. So if you've got unforgiveness in your life towards someone and, it, and, and you're not letting it go, what does Jesus say the Father's going to do? He won't forgive your sins. Can you get into heaven full of sin? I don't think so. Guys, this is a wake-up call. Which will you choose, heaven or hell? You must decide where you will spend eternity. Jesus Christ has paid the full penalty, penalty for your sins and my sins on the cross. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ also suffered once for our sins that he might bring us to God. Now you and I must come to him, that's Jesus. A guilty sinner, unable to save ourselves. You know, many people say, well, what do you mean I might not go to heaven? I'm a good person. I belong to Rotary. I'm in the Lions Club. I help old ladies cross the road. I'm a wonderful person. A lot of people say that. I deserve to go to heaven. But in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And that's in believing who Jesus is. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Some person's going to say, Oh, but hey, I was better than that guy, because, you know, I, I, I gave a million dollars to the... This fund and that fund, I should go into heaven before he does. You see, people could boast if that was a, a rule. It's not true. It's not true. We're not going to do it. You know, I like what Anne Cuddy Sullivan has to say in that, the first blog I looked at. So is Christianity unfair? You'll have to decide that for yourself. Now, I've come to the conclusion that it is beyond fear. What could be fairer than this? Everybody is welcome into heaven. 
everybody gets in the same way. Everybody can meet the requirements. And all three of these statements are supported by the, the most often quoted verse in the New Testament, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So everybody has the opportunity to know Jesus Christ and to follow Jesus Christ and have access to eternity in heaven. But not everyone will choose that. Now, today, if you don't know Jesus as your personal saviour, you can walk with him and talk with him. The Bible says, my sheep will know my voice. Do you hear the voice of the Lord when you pray? Do you hear answers? Do you know him? Or do you perhaps just have an intellectual belief? Yeah, Jesus is probably true. God's probably true. Yeah, I can, I can accept that. But you don't know him. The key is to know him. So I'm going to say a prayer now, and you can join me with it. And say this after me, if you want to go to heaven and not go to hell. Dear Jesus, please forgive my sins against you. I believe you are my saviour. And by your death and resurrection, I can receive the gift of eternity with you. You know, if you said that prayer and mean it, then I recommend three things, four things. One, start reading the Bible on a daily basis to learn more about God and his plan for your life. Attend a Bible teaching church where you can worship God and get to know other Christians. If you're in Ruwai, come here. If you're elsewhere, find a church which teaches the word of God, not some liberal doctrine. Share your faith. You've just received the wonderful gift of salvation. Tell someone. The word of God says that um, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. If you talk about me and share about me, I will share about you with the Father. The next step is get baptised in water if you haven't been baptised and you're a believer. Because it's a step of obedience to Jesus. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptised will be saved. Thank you. God bless. Would you like to finish there? Okay, thanks, Ray. Thank you, Ray, for that. That's great. You know, it says in the Bible that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and, and the message of the gospel is very much about that, is that it doesn't matter who we are, how good we think we are. It doesn't matter 
how bad we feel about ourselves, the Bible's just very clear that we've all sinned and we all fall short. And that is why Jesus came to this earth. Because he has no other passion other than to reach out and save people. And so that's, that's, that's the, the, the passion that he has. And, and that's why heaven is mentioned so much more in the Bible.